Turns out that uh, actress Sharon Tate's sister and I share one thing in common. Welcome to the Colleen Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live and doing everything entertainment. I'm Bradley Trainer along with Holly Roberts today and Sonny running the board. Colleen will be back on Monday. So both of us, that is Sharon Tate's sister and I, are not here for Quentin Tarantino's upcoming movie about the Manson family murders. And um, if you're wondering why, I'll simply say I am just not a fan of what Quentin Tarantino does to history. I'm not a fan of his movies in general, so maybe I'm predisposed to not like anything. Um, maybe I'll just give you a little bit of background. Specifically, Sharon Tate's sister took issue with the fact that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt have signed on to this movie, and she she thinks they don't give a crap about her family or her sister um, and are essentially just taking a paycheck in order to sensationalize um, you know, this, this particular infamous murder spree. Mm-hmm. So that's what she say and or that's what she says and I I I tend to agree with her mostly though because of Quentin Tarantino. Like anybody else doing a movie about this particular part of history cuz I have read about it. Yes. Been fascinated by it by as many people have. It's almost become this part of popular culture in a way. Oh, absolutely. Which is awkward to say because you deal with grisly murders, but once you actually begin to read about the murders, you think to yourself, wow, these are people's lives. Yeah. Like we sensationalize it because they were famous, but our infamous in the case of Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. But when you get right down to it, there's a real story here that real people's lives were lost and real tragedy. And Sharon Tate's sister is just a vestige of that, you know, tragedy that's still having to deal with stuff like this. Right, right, right. So your issue is specifically with Quentin Tarantino and how he'll handle this real life sensitive issue which is the brutal murder of of these real people and that he's not going to be able to handle it in a way that's respectful to the dead and we should say too if if for some reason you don't know the story just like you know thumbnail sharon tate actress uh valley of the dolls and uh a lot of other things was murdered along with and i don't remember exactly how many people were murdered but a lot of people were murdered mm-hmm. um at, uh, essentially after a dinner party in their home in the 1960s and it was at the time and it all spawned from Charles Manson and his crazy cult. And at the time, it was one of the most, or if not the most, shocking murder, um, multiple murder situation that the country had endured. So it was just on everybody's mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, usually, yeah, I'm with you, Bradley, as Quentin Tarantino, as a filmmaker. He's a, a sensationalist. He's a provocateur. He does things just for doing them. A lot of times uh, I feel like the, especially the violence in Quentin Tarantino movies is gratuitous and it doesn't add anything. Like remember Reservoir Dogs, you know, his first directorial movie where you know, the ear cutoffs. I mean, we, we could count countless yeah. Quentin Tarantino scenes. I think Pulp Fiction and the, there are a couple of moments where you're like, really? Did I just need to see yeah, that? Did yeah. I need that? Yeah. And um, so it's intense. Funny. Um, I love Quentin Tarantino. Do you really? Yeah. Hey, look, but, uh, there are people who do, and I think but I, I do agree with you. I think this story is a—it's a little touchy, touchy for him with the fabric of the type of movies that he does. I love his movies. I love Reservoir Dogs. I love Pulp Fiction. I'm learning I so love much about all of it. I love Quentin Tarantino, but I do agree that this—I mean, I'm not going to doubt him. I don't know he's a different person, but it this does seem a little touchy well, of sure. a story to. 
to do. Sure, but here's where I'm thinking that this story is going to be told in a way that we're not anticipating. So okay. we got a few bits of information yesterday when it was released that Brad Pitt's going to be starring in this new Quentin Tarantino movie. So we got the title of the movie. The title of the movie is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What that tells me is that Quentin Tarantino may be telling the story of Hollywood in the late 60s and that this isn't necessarily a story specifically about the Charles Manson murders, but it's about the culture and the circumstances and the environment in which those murders could eventually take place. Mm -hmm. And I say that because Quint, or excuse me, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are playing two fictional characters. They're not playing people. Like, who aren't are, they playing? Like, one of them is playing a neighbor of uh, Sharon um, Tate's or something. You know, I'm not sure, but what somebody I somebody who lived next door to the murders, I it, think, is what I read. Yeah, well, and Leonardo DiCaprio is playing um, a former star of a Western TV series. His character's name Rick Dalton. Brad Pitt plays his stunt double named Cliff Booth. Those people don't exist. So I'm thinking that you know Quentin Tarantino may be telling a story of the tra- old washed up Hollywood people and other things like. That so I'm now I'm kind of interested. What kind of story is he going to be telling? And this kind of casting tells me that perhaps Charles Manson's story and the murders are not necessarily going to be the thrust. The thrust of the story that will be yeah. a part of it. Yeah. But it's telling a story of the bigger culture at large. I, and, and again, I want to hear all those stories. I just yeah. think that you know Quentin Tarantino is not well, going to be the yeah. person that I want to tell me those stories. But sure. that's not this particular project's fault. Can we go to um, Annie called in and she's got some comments about the Manson story that she wanted to share. Hi, Annie. Hi. Well, two things, actually. Uh, Cliff Booth, I I could be wrong, but I thought he was maybe the guy that owned um, the Baker's, the ranch that they were uh, subsiding at. And interesting. I think that might, I think that might be true. I read Helter Skelter not that long ago, but I could be wrong. There's so many names to remember, but another person that was involved in the Sharon Tate murder, who was brutally murdered that night, was Abigail Folger, an heir yeah. to the Folgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're there's, right on that. There's yeah. so many interesting avenues um, that come from or surround that particular story, the people that were involved, uh, like crazy uh, interconnectedness of some of the, the different characters and people that I, frankly, didn't know much about until I did some reading mm-hmm. about it. So it's it's certainly fascinating. What do you think about Quentin Tarantino doing the movie, Annie? I'm interested to see what he's going to do. I'm not, I mean, I'm not really very thrilled that he's the one taking on this project just because it's such a huge part of our history and so such a sensitive piece of history that, um, I don't know, I think it'll be interesting to see, but I hope he doesn't glamorize it too much. Yeah. Sure. Good point. Thank right, you, thank Annie. You. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that. she filled thank it. You. Thank you. She filled in the blanks because they're right. There were next door neighbors, so I was misspeaking, but it was, but you know, it's interesting what kind of story is going to be told in this? And well, I hope it, that it's more of. I just don't the want history. it to be like that sort of like you know like there's like crazy music and blood and gore everywhere. You know what I mean? Like again, if you like Quentin Tarantino, you're probably going to like this movie. But um, I th- do, I do think we're poised because that is a particular story that I think we're ready to see. As it was. Do you know how we, mm-hmm. we sort of like there's always the movie after the event? And I'm sure yeah. there are other movies about Helter Skelter was a movie, right? Didn't they turn that into a movie? You know, I'm not sure. I can't say. But I feel like there's got to have been a movie about the those particular murders, but it was probably somewhat sensational. I feel like we're now removed uh, fr- from that particular event with enough distance that we could look back on it in the way that we've been looking back at things like, 
you know, the O.J. Simpson trial with a certain amount of uh, clarity that maybe we didn't have when we first uh, looked back at it. And we tell stories differently in 2018 than we did, you know, even in the 1990s, Mm. I think with a more critical eye. So good point. Hey, you know what? Let's get a little less serious, shall we? When we come back, um, turns out Doritos has a new snack. What? And uh, we're going to put it in our mouths. We're going to try it live. It's Cheat Day Friday right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Will we or won't we? That's the question we ask about this time here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer along with Holly Roberts today. And um, <clears throat> turns out Doritos got a new snack. We're about to try it live. It's Cheat Day Friday. Dirty rotten cheetah. Cheat Day Taste Test. Holly, 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 Holly. I think, Holly, this was uh, a snack food item for the tasting that you brought to us, was it not? Well, actually, I siphoned it off of one Alexis Thompson. Oh, you did? She brought them. So you stole them. it from her? Well, no, I took them. She left them in the kitchenette. We have a communal kitchenette here at the station. She left them there. I said, who brought these? She said, me. And I said, I'm going to take these for our cheat day Fridays because they look like nonsense to me. They kind of do look like nonsense. So they're called Doritos Crunch Nuts. Crunch Nuts. Now, I don't think these are brand... Are you okay over there? It's just the extreme font <laughs> on the packaging. Uh, the extreme it. font. I want you to get excited about this. Crunch nuts! <laughs> well, you. you know, I'm not going to say that because that's inappropriate. <laughs> well, uh, but, yeah. but what I do want to say is... Um, I don't think these are brand new, but I have not had these, and uh, we're going to try them. Now, apparently they come in a variety of flavors, and by that I mean nacho cheese and Cool Ranch. So the two ultimate Dorito flavors. And that's what we have in front of us, the Cool Ranch. Yes. Now, I'm just telling you that I'm smelling them. Getting the bouquet. bouquet. They don't really smell like anything, They smell like, well, put a peanut in your nose. Like, put it right up to your nose, and you can smell the peanut. Yeah, it's a little peanutty. A little peanutty, but that's it. You barely smell the Cool Ranch. Although, when you appreciate the visuals of the Doritos Crunch Nut, you get the Cool Ranch powder effect. It looks like, I should say, it looks like, I don't know, uh, a corn pop. Like oh, a piece of nuts? cereal? Yeah, yeah. Corn nut? Corn nut. Right. Okay, so w- both of you go ahead and uh, put one of them crunch right. nuts in your mouth. And I'm hearing the crunches. Wow, those are crunchy. I mean, it's extreme. Okay, Ooh. so Ooh. W- what flavors are we getting? Okay, chemicals. <laughs> cool, cool Ranch. Cool Ranch chemicals. <laughs> it tastes like Cool Ranch, just Sunny. like out in nature. I'm a foodie. And I have mixed like pretzels and Doritos and peanuts together, and I totally see where they were going with this. Like your own DIY yeah, trail mix. Yeah, I see what they were doing. You oh. see, but but yeah. you see what they're doing, Sonny, but do you appreciate what they're doing? Absolutely not. No. Yeah, okay. Not. Really? I kind of feel like I would eat these. You know why? Because they're in your, front of your face. And well, you can't say no. Yes. I feel like I would have gut rot afterward, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But they're salty enough. Mm hmm. And it, then you get the like nuttiness, like the it takes creamy the nuttiness. edge off. Mm-hmm. Because you get the Cool Ranch at first. Mm-hmm. That's the first flavor. I will say you do get the you, you get. do get the Cool Ranch flavor. So if you like yeah. Cool Ranch, you're, I would think you'd like these. Mm-hmm. All right, so. But these have to be a calorie bomb, right? Because nuts, peanuts. Well, look are, at the back. Okay, so three tablespoons is 130 calories. There's about three servings in this particular contraption. Mm-hmm. That's a three ouncer. Mm-hmm. That means an ounce is 130 calories. But you do get some protein. Not really a lot of sugar. It's basically just salt and protein. And dust. And fat. Cool ranch dust. I would, I'm sorry. I would just keep eating these because they're salty and crunchy. Well, now here's mm-hmm. a question yeah. for you guys. Would you rather eat 
Crunch Nuts Doritos or a bowl of Cool Ranch Doritos sprinkled with peanuts? That. Ding ding. Yeah, the second. The second yeah. one. So you Just don't leave them separate like the peas yeah. and the corn. Don't let no, they shouldn't be touching. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that would be a better flavor sensation experience. Yeah, although mm. that would be an awkward flavor sensation to eat because the the Doritos are so big and mm. the nuts are so small that I don't know that you'd get an act, you know, a uh Well, you eat the Dorito little bit by little. Just bit. like yeah. or maybe crunch up the Doritos. Yeah. With the peanuts? I don't know. All right. Okay. So if we were doing a scale of zero to five, zero being uh, something you want to spit out of your mouth and five being you want to eat every little piece that's around you, what would you guys give these? A three. It's got potential. Oh, Yeah, I'm right. going with Sonny. Yeah. A nice, solid three yeah. Cobras. It's not terrible, but it's not. I'll say three, too. Yeah. I don't think we're way off on that yeah. one. No, yeah. I think they're okay. If someone brings them to me for free... I will gladly yeah. eat them. I'm not say, spending my money on them. I will say go. that the ultimate test of a cheat day Friday experience here generally on the Colleen and Bradley show as we do it is um, the test for me is would I go out and spend my own money on this? And oh, this is not yeah. something I would buy. If I wanted to snack, I would get Doritos before I would get Doritos nuts. I would get the big Virginia nuts. I love those. Virginia nuts? What yeah. is she talking about? Virginia nuts. Explain Virginia <laughs> nuts, Sonny. You, you can get them at Sam's. They're really huge. Are they shelled? No, they're not. No, and they got a little nice little light salt on them. That's oh, so what, you like to you like to crunch the like shells and then like you suck on the shell and then you no, take it no, out? No, no, I'm lazy. I want them to shell it for me, oh, and okay. then I want to just scoop it up in a big cup and eat thousands of calories. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to pay a premium, right? I used to love to just eat raw, like or uh, not raw, but eat uh, whole peanuts, like with the shell and all. Really? Yeah, Dreamy. but that's bad for your that's bad for your that's insides. Bad for your insides. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, have, on that yeah, note. on that note, uh, on so, Bradley's insights, I got to tell you about the KFC gravy runs. Okay, so Holly has the KFC gravy runs. Yes, that was <laughs> well, a perfect sounds segue. really inappropriate, but te- tell me more. I don't specifically have KFC gravy runs, but the United Kingdom has KFC gravy. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash btpod50 and use code btpod50 to get 50% off. That's code btpod50 at factormeals.com slash btpod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
month runs. What I mean by that is they are running out of gravy at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So a couple weeks ago in the UK... Didn't it was they rep- just have a run on chicken? Yes. So a couple weeks ago, there was a chicken shortage around the United Kingdom at all of their KFC locations. And I will say, as of yesterday, that 3% of KFC's 900 stores in the UK remain closed because they don't have enough chicken to keep them open. And not only are people complaining about, obviously, the shortage of chicken, because why else do you go to KFC? I mean, you can argue about biscuits and mashed potatoes, but what do you need for those mashed potatoes? You need the gravy. Oh, God, yeah. And now they're running out of gravy, you guys. It's very, very I feel concerning. like gravy is not a hard thing to make up. You get some chicken fat. Cornstarch. Yeah. What's, some seasonings. What, why, what did they chalk up their gravy run on? Well, KFC has the gravy runs because they switched last month to a new delivery suppliers and they said that they're trying to work out the logistics. Now, they're saying that gravy is available in the vast majority of KFC restaurants, but uh, there's no specific. Did you see that lettuce was also in short supply? And yeah. on Thursday, customers complained. About a lack of corn, beans, and wrap. One Twitter user ordered a Tower Burger, but it came without hash browns, cheese, and lettuce. Oh, what? sad. So they got Pray like a mid-century a... Rambler sandwich instead of a Tower. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> is that a chicken burger? I don't get it. Do they have burgers in the UK at, ta- at KFC? All fast food is better in the UK. All right. When we come back, are the Spice Girls touring or not? We'll tell you when we come back. Will they or won't they? The Spice Girls, that is, go on tour. We'll find out in just a moment here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment this Friday at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, along with Holly Roberts, signing running the board. Thank you guys for hanging out. Colleen will be back on Monday. We are talking about the Spice Girls but in the context of our D-bag sec segment. Presenting Lord and Words. Lady Douchebag of the Day. They're very hard Words are hard on Fridays. I understand. Um, so I'm making the Spice Girls, but the, lovingly I'm making them my D-bag. Because I just need to know, are you <laughs> or are you not going on tour? Funny enough, Bradley, on Wednesday where, when you were gone, on your behalf, I said that Mel B was the lady douchebag of the day because she was toying with us on whether or not the Spice Girls would be performing at the royal wedding in May. So now uh, we learned, and you can read this article on My Talk 1071, that former Spice Girls manager Simon Fuller has hinted the girl group's reunion tour is on. What? Whether or not Victoria Beckham is involved. Ooh, harsh. And uh, the way that the article starts, the Svengali himself met up with the wannabe women at singer Jerry Horner's home in England last month. So, again, we don't know for sure, but he's hinting that perhaps uh, they will. It says um, he he allegedly spoke to uh, a TMZ person who asked if they're adding uh planning a few shows and he nodded and smiled and said, it may be four, not five, suggesting Beckham, that is Victoria Beckham might simply sit out a tour and let her four bandmates take the spotlight. Now, would you want to see the Spice Girls without Victoria Beckham? Yes. The Spice Girls have existed as a quartet in the past. Remember when Ginger Spice left the Spice Girls in the early 2000s, then it was just the four Spice Girls. Uh, Those tracks weren't as popular necessarily. I'm fine with it because here's the thing. I don't care if one of them is gone. There's all like how many bands have you seen? Come back uh, again from the dead, right? Without maybe an original band member. Yeah, but usually it's just the bass player that you don't know the name of that doesn't come back. But do you really, like, 
she was not adding something crucial to the Spice Girls. Ooh, I see what you're saying. Can I Hollywood speak yeah, that? Victoria do. Beckham doesn't have any singing talent. Therefore, Bradley well, it's, it's is a not girl going band. to it's miss not, her. It's not like, you know, it's not like what the, the Beatles or um, even the Rolling Stones. Like, right. of course, you need Mick Jagger to be there. It's not like Victoria Beckham was the Mick Jagger of the Spice Girls. No, I Girls. understand. You know, this happens all the time in Vegas. We were walking down the strip last month and the Righteous Brothers... We're playing at Hera's, but it's only a righteous brother. I don't know who the other brother is. Some guy that they picked up on the street. Yeah, well, it's like they'll say like the, you know, the um, or the, like, the Commodores right. or like the, oh God. I mean, you name it. There are so many groups like the Temptations, the yes. Four Tops. I mean, I don't know. Are those really the Tops? The Pointer Sisters. Is that really the Pointer Sisters <laughs> or is it like a Pointer yeah, Sister and that- her, sis- her other sister who... Only is doing it now because she, you know, isn't she's the only one who needs a paycheck. And she's semi-retired and needs a hobby. But what I'm saying, well, I totally understand that. And that happens all the time in rock and roll. But do you think the Spice Girls, since they're so rooted in their personalities as a selling point for the band, that if one of them is missing, then it's missing. You know what would be awkward? The awkward thing would be if they had like a replacement ginger. Right, like it was some oh, other person. Replacement posh or posh. Sorry, if they had a replacement posh, you know, then it would be obvious. Like Maybe just have... leave posh out. It's fine. We're all there's their songs are not going to sound any different. Maybe they could just have discount spice. Because are they going to be singing live anyway? I mean, couldn't they just? Ooh. I mean, it's the Spice. I love them. Trust me. It's like when I go see Britney. Oh, I know she's not singing, and I'm fine with it. You want the spectacle. I just want to know when I need to, to um, you know, put it on my calendar so that I can buy tickets. Will they come here? I don't know. But They're never going to come here. Are you sure? Toto isn't coming here, Bradley. Okay, fine. So the Spice Girls aren't Still, coming I here. Still, I want to see them. I really, really want to see them. Is that what you really, really want? I really, really, really want to buy their tickets. <laughs> okay, we'll start a savings account for those Spice Girl tickets for when they come to the United States, which I highly doubt they're yeah, they even going to. They better not overcharge me, by the way, if there's oh, no please. posh. Of course, like, I better get a discount. You. I better get like a, a 20 or whatever it would be percent discount on the spice. That's why I'm saying you get discount spice. Missing spice. You get big box store bu- spice. Big box store spice. <laughs> All, right. All right. Who's your D-bag? Uh, my D-bag. You know, I, I hate to say that my D-bag is just average people today, Bradley. Oh, you poor little average people uh, out there. You're the D-bag. Yeah, we're all the D-bags. Well, you're only a D-bag if you commented on this Daily Mail article if you commented on this Daily Mail article and commented about the size of Amy Schumer's engagement ring whilst she was enjoying a sporting event, then you are my D-bag of the day. So we all know that Amy Schumer got married a couple weeks ago, a yep. secret wedding in Malibu. Very nice. She actually put a video up uh, of a highlight reel of some of her nuptials yesterday on Instagram. It was quite sentimental. There were no uh, uh, sexy jokes on there. There were some tears, whatever. It was all very nice. Amy Schumer, she married her husband, Chris Fisher. Fisher. She's known him for, what, like about six months. And uh, some people looked at Amy Schumer. She was hanging out at a basketball game wearing her engagement ring on her finger. It's a nice diamond. But apparently not nice enough for oh. some people who commented. So they were ring shaming her? They were totally ring shaming her. One woman said, hmm, hold on. My eyesight must be going. That sure is a tiny chip on her ring. Oh, God. Somebody else said about that picture, the only rock I see is Chris, lol. She was sitting next to Chris Rock at this basketball game. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's kind of a good one, right? Okay.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so what? who is shame? Why? Why? What would compel somebody? I am here. I'm fine with that because it's a right. totally catty jealousy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. I'm totally fine with that because it's a ring. It's not like her butt. Like if they were doing that to her butt or her face, I mean, she can't change her butt. She can't change her face. I mean, she probably could change her butt with surgery and so could she do with her face. But what I'm saying is <laughs> a ring is like a totally like it, it's just it's not, it, who you know. Yeah, have but, an it's, opinion, but it's fine. well, have an opinion. That's fine. Of course, we know how to have opinions on here. And yeah. my opinion about that opinion is that it's <laughs> assy. Yes, it yeah. totally is. It's just it highlights the culture that surrounds engagement well, rings look, and the wedding industrial complex. If you want to have a conversation complex. about the wedding industrial complex, I am here for that. Yeah, Holly and I could probably host our own podcast called "Your Wedding Is Stupid," and you don't need to waste all that money. <laughs> oh my god, that was rude. That sounded very angry. But what I'm trying to say, Holly, yes, Bradley, is that you and I, generally speaking, think that people maybe go a little too far with weddings. Yes, yeah. and what I'm saying is that these comments on Amy Schumer's engagement ring on the Daily Mail are a symptom of that larger mm. problem. Where who cares like, what oh, that that engagement ring is not big enough. Yeah, who cares what the size of Amy Schumer's engagement ring is? Yes, yeah, she's worth millions of dollars, but maybe that wasn't important to her. But you know, that's the thing. So it's not even that the people are having comments. It's that it's that that is a thing that is yes. equally annoying. Meaning like judging somebody's engagement ring as a thing. Right. Because that is a thing that people do. They well, always like, let me see the ring. Well, they want to see, see it. The ring. Or that you're associating the engagement ring with the worth of the relationship, also the worth of the person who's wearing it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what you're saying is you're not expecting a large engagement ring from Chip. I am not even expecting a Funyun ring from Chip. Okay. I will say I that would like on some the Funyun record. Rings from Chip. So the next time I see him, Feel free to bring some Funyuns. Would you like regular or Flamin' Hot? Ooh, gross. I don't, I'm, I can't do Flamin' Hot. It hurts my innards. <laughs> it's too flaming. Regular Funyuns are okay. Yeah. But I just, you know, let's let's keep the comments nice. And, and again, yes, it is just a symptom of larger issues that I find to be particularly mm, What is, okay, so yeah, no, I'm all, like I said, I'm all here for the wedding industrial complex. Can we do something with that? Like... <laughs> What I'm, is the, I'm sitting here waiting to listen to y'all. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna, and it's funny because neither of us have been married. That's you haven't right. been married, have you? No. Okay. I, I didn't haven't. know if you had some secret uh, wedding life. Sonny? That's another nope. story. Okay. Nope. Uh, oh. I have been proposed to twice without a ring. Oh. Oh. Just just out of the blue? Oh, suddenly I want to know more. Imaginary yeah. rings. But, it doesn't count. But I, like, there are so many things when I go to weddings, I'm like, really? Why did you spend the money on that? Yeah. Yeah. What's the thing that drives you nuts most about weddings? I think the thing that drives me most nuts about weddings is if you are asked by a beloved friend or family member to be in the wedding party, yeah. how much money and yes. time yes. that it takes to participate in that. The obligatory uh, payment. Yes. And, yeah. and the sense of shame that goes along with it if you can't quite afford it. Yeah. Don't need Oof, it. There's so Not many here things. for it. There's so many things. You know what my favorite thing to rail against mm-hmm. is? Because it's such a meaningless thing. Yeah. Is um, when it, there's not a cake. 
Oh, you mean if they have a cupcake tower? You can do cupcakes, but I better got some cake. I better get <laughs> there. Better be a cake somewhere. You want buttercream like, frosting on a sheet? If you want me to buy you some cockamamie ceramic cast iron Le Creuset pan that you're gonna use once and it's gonna sit in your cabinet for 20 years, you better at least give me some cake in return, and then I will feel you know less. Um, put out by having to buy you something you're not going to use. Side note, yeah. before we leave, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about purchasing your own wedding sheet cake for your own digestive purposes? Like you would just buy a, a sheet of wedding cake oh, yeah. I used to work just to eat In high school, yourself. I worked at a bakery that made wedding cakes, and my favorite thing was just a regular sheet cake. Yeah, I want to sell wedding cake by the slice. Just oh, for regular do consumption. It. Do yeah, it. You, that's a market. <laughs> yes, yeah, a market. Also, you know what else drives me nuts? Dream. Wedding cakes that aren't wedding cakes. Like, oh, this Black Forest cake is real good. I'm going to put my little cake topper on the top. That is not a wedding cake. It's got to be white cake with some buttercream frosting and two, you know, creepy looking people at the top. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Then you can do some weird stuff. Like in Texas, for example, we're off on a tangent. We got to go. But <laughs> yeah, in Texas, they do like they do a groom's cake. And that's where you have your weird cake that you love. Yes. So if you love black forest, if you love German chocolate, if you love pistachio. You get it in the shape of your dog or a football or yeah, something or it's just weird a sheet like cake, that. Or it's just a plain sheet cake. But you get you get to do the, you know, what you actually want to do. But then there's got to be that like really standard, basic sugar flour um, buttercream. Man, we got cake. a bunch of rules considering that and we're I a never bunch been of married. nuts. Look at all the rules I got. Yeah, look at all the look at the people who have not been Stay married in these for rooms. Our upcoming <laughs> podcast, your wedding sucks, uh, and here's why with Holly and Bradley. Okay, when we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show today, we'll stop offending people and we'll find out exactly why you should hold hands more. And how best to bend over, says Holly, when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Um, you need to start holding hands more. And also, find out the best way to bend over. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live and doing everything Friday style at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, along with Holly Roberts today. Holly's going to tell us how to bend over. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first... Hey, um, Holly. Bradley. It turns out if you are in pain, just hold hands. Hmm, Bradley? Why? Science! Because science. It's true. Science. So hold hands. Holding hands, Holly, will sink brains. This is kind of a cool trick. I want you to do this this weekend. Hold uh, Chip's hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And the act of doing that is going to sink your brains. What? How does that happen besides science? Isn't that kind of cool? So it's like sinking iPhones or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Science says that uh, when you hold someone's hand, you begin to sink your brain waves and breathing. Yeah. Um, And so your pulse, your heart rate, your breathing, and your brain waves are all going to start to sync up when you're holding the hand of a loved one. Okay. Now the benefit there, and you may ask yourself, other than a cool party trick, why would we ever want to do this? Why would we ever want to do this? Well, thanks for asking. Mm. Um, That was a very astute question you just asked. Um, I wish I'd thought of it myself. Um, Because it turns out that that actually relieves pain. So the act of holding another person's hand when you are in pain 
will sink your brain and breathing and all the things that I said, but it will also relieve pain. Does it have to be with a loved one? Can you do this maybe with a a neutral party, perhaps an an enemy? All I can say is it says in the particular study that I read that uh, they did this study with partners. So that presumes that you have an emotional, intimate connection with that person. And like I said, in addition to more empathy, um, you are going to relieve the pain. The more the pain will go away, the longer you're holding hands with that person. And I, and essentially it, it, it implies that like, if you're not in pain and you hold, let's say chip, you know, sprained his ankle and he's like, Oh, <laughs> Oh God. Yes. You hold hands. You're not in pain. Things begin to sync up and you, you are like transferring some of that pain freeness to chip. Or like superheroes. Isn't that cool? See, that I is really cool. Is, and it all makes sense because of course, the classic image that comes to mind is somebody maybe in a hospital bed, somebody in pain, and a loved one is holding their hand, not just for emotional comfort, but they're syncing up together. Yeah, and we've been doing that for, you know, uh, millennia, right, as right. we've developed as a species. It's so just a natural not? instinct yeah. to do that. So maybe there's a uh, something beyond the natural instinct or the instinct came from. Uh, what we learned was possible all along, which is that you could, you know, help a person out by you know, just giving them a hand. Oh. And it really, you know, the, the nice thing about this particular study says essentially we have all these ways to communicate with one another, but we don't need to miss the forest for the trees that sometimes just the power of, you know, like actually touching another human being in front of you can be helpful. Hand, so, yeah. hug. So, uh, cool. Pain science. relief, hand holding. Science. Try it this week. Yeah. Yeah. All you right. You got some science for us? Yes, Bradley. Bradley, mm-hmm. I have the right way, the correct way in which you should be bending over. Really? Why? Because. Okay, so I didn't know I was bending over wrong. Yeah, you probably are doing it wrong, but in fact, most Americans are bending over wrong, so I want you. How does if this you're... even make a sense? All right, what? Well, How I do want you bend you... over wrong? Oh. You do, because okay. you bend over like a cashew. You um, make the shape of a cashew with your back, and that is incorrect. So I want you to try something, Bradley. And, okay. a, and if you're at a desk or okay, a, a, a sitting position, I want you to try this experiment. Am I supposed to remain sitting? No, you're supposed to stand, stand up. up. So okay. to see if you're bending correctly, this is an experiment that I want everyone to try. Okay. Stand up. I'm standing. Put your hands on your waist. Yep. Now imagine... That I've dropped a feather in front of your feet and asked to pick it up. Okay. So, do it. Cashew, 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 cashew. Okay, so I'm just bending over like You're just bending over. Are you supposed to keep your back straight or something? Yeah, and, you know, findings from person who has... Yes, that's the way that you're supposed to... Nope, cashew, cashew. Ow. Your your back is bending. So that's what's happening. So this is according to research. um, Someone who's been helping uh, someone get out of back pain... Uh, she is a uh, a therapist, and she said usually everybody immediately moves their head to look down. So that's kind of what you did with your back arched, and it looks like a cashew, but that's not the way that you're supposed to do it. Nice <laughs> to it. Uh, are you supposed to like <laughs> I was. squat? It, every and like she this? says yeah, because almost everyone bends at their stomach in the United States, and then as a result, our backs curve into the letter C, and we look like folded cashews. However. Many people in other parts of the world don't do that, and they do it very differently. And you're supposed to bend from your back with bended knees. It's called okay, like squatting. Yeah, it's called hip hinging. Okay. 
And it's a better way to bend over versus the way that we do. And that it's a spine sparing activity because the way that we bend. Spine sparing. Yeah, because the way that we bend from our stomach ends up curving our spine and it puts stress on the discs of the spine. So if you keep doing it over and over again, you're going to slip your disc. It's going to be painful. So so in other words, there's exercise involved. Yes, yes, yes. There's video on this article you posted of the correct way to do this table bend, apparently. It's a table bend, table bend, and snap. Well, you don't need the snap part, but what you're supposed to do is uh, keep your feet about like one foot in between each feet. And then you bend at the knees, and then you stick your butt out, and you keep your back flat, and then you pick up the object on the floor. So you're like squatting? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. You're like a squat, but you're still bending over. So you're not just like mm-hmm. straight up squatting. Right. Yeah, like exactly. Like doing an air squat or something. Yeah. You're not doing an air squat, but you're using the large muscles of your hips, like your glutes to support the whole weight of your body instead of the muscles in your back. So as a result of the way that we bend in the United States as well from our stomach, we're going to get, we get tight hamstrings. My hammies are tight. If you want to know how to do this and you lift weights... Uh, this would be like a deadlift. Dead yeah, exactly. But that's the way that you're supposed to bend every single time you bend over. Mm. Now, if people make fun of you because you're sticking your butt out, you can say, I'm doing it correctly. I well, love my spine. Also, if you're doing that, you're going to have a nice behind and hopefully that will discourage people from making fun of your butt. Exactly. Right? Okay. So you're helping yourself. You're helping your spine. So go forth and get rid of the cashew in your back and start hip hinging. Save yourself. Who knew? Science! I'm going to be doing that at the gym later. I was was doing this this morning. Yeah. And when you pay attention to how you bend over, it becomes so obvious that I do it incorrectly all the time. I found myself picking up a weight and I was hunched over and it was like, ah, no, I can't do that hip hinge. I will tell you, um, I don't think, uh, I I think honestly they should teach people how to move. That sounds really dumb. But having (laughs) learned the hard way by like pulling muscles and spraining things, I'm I'm like, I wish somebody would have told me how to move all this stuff when I was younger. That and like how to pay bills because I never really learned that. Yeah, that would work too. All right, when we come back, Holly and I have a shocking Oscar confession. (gasps) Find out what it is and what we're going to do about it when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1.